The term clinical pharmacy has been part of the medical lexicon for decades, with pharmacy schools and pharmacists making an effort to become more patient-centered. From the role of the pharmacist in patient service, to the influence of technology in pharmacy practice, to the way our patients view our profession, how have things changed for the better, and where can we improve drawing upon lessons from the past? You're listening to ReachMD Radio, XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Focus on Pharmacy. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Turk, PharmD. Our guest is Mr. William Zellmer, MPH, Writer-in-Residence at the American Society of Health System Pharmacists. Mr. Zellmer has been with ASHB for 38 years, and it's from that unique vantage point, as well as his work as editor of the American Journal of Hospital Pharmacy, that he's had the opportunity to see the profession of pharmacy develop and evolve. And it's that perspective that I'll be asking him to share with us on this program. Mr. Zellmer, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dr. Turk. I thought I'd start by asking you to briefly describe some of the major responsibilities you've had at ASHP over the years. Yes, I'll be happy to do that. As you said, I've been here 38 years. I am a pharmacist. I'm a graduate of the University of Wisconsin. And while I was a student, I developed this notion that there's just a tremendous gap in our profession between what pharmacists are able to do, what they're capable of doing, and how most pharmacists practice. And I thought, well, if I can find a way to direct my career in a manner that addresses that gap for the public good, that could be very fulfilling. And I've been very fortunate to find many opportunities along that line here at ASHP. The first part of my career was largely in the editing, publishing areas. You mentioned that I was editor of our journal for many years. Until the end of last year, I served as deputy executive vice president of the organization, second in command of our operations. And there I had a chance to work on strategic planning for the organization. Uh, I was engaged in advocacy efforts, both public relations and government affairs, and also involved in some international activities. So it's been a very fulfilling and rewarding place to work. I've always had a sense that the kinds of things that I and my colleagues have been doing here in Bethesda, Maryland, is improving pharmacy practice. Uh, Our members, as you know, are in hospitals and health systems. I think we've been successful over the years in trying to align practice to a greater degree with the needs that patients have for help in making the best use of medicines. That's how I would summarize what I've been working on for the past 38 years. How have you seen the role of the pharmacist in healthcare and patient service change over the years? Well, I'll limit my comments largely to the hospital setting. As I look back to when I first became a pharmacist in 1967, I think it's uh, very clear that most pharmacists in hospitals focused on order fulfillment, drug product handling activities, Clinical pharmacy was just beginning to be talked about. Today, things are much different. Most pharmacy departments and hospitals define their role in terms of making sure that medication use in the institution is appropriate, using a term I mentioned before, helping patients make the best use of medicines. And I think they're really gearing everything they do toward that goal rather than just making sure that the right medicine is delivered to the nurse in time, which used to be the old paradigm. How have you seen the dynamic between pharmacists and other healthcare professionals evolve? Well, Dr. Turk, that's a very interesting issue. Uh, certainly in the early days of clinical pharmacy, I think it's accurate to say there was a lot of resistance by physicians to the notion of having a pharmacist on their team with clinical responsibilities. We fought that battle for many years, both at the practice level and at the organizational level. But I think that's really changed quite dramatically 
in my view, the largest demand for clinical pharmacy services today is coming from physicians, particularly physicians who, through a residency experience, were exposed firsthand to clinical pharmacists, got to rely on their advice, on their services, and then perhaps go into a practice setting where there are no pharmacists, and uh, increasingly they're asking, no clinical pharmacists, they're asking, well, where's my clinical pharmacist? And that, I think, is our strongest source of demand for a clinical role for pharmacists today. How's the education of pharmacists changed and evolved? Well, that too is a very important issue. When I first came into the profession, we had the situation where we had two entry-level degrees. You could become a pharmacist either with a five-year program where you would get a bachelor's degree in pharmacy, or you could go six years with a doctor of pharmacy degree. Many of us felt this was not a good situation. It was confusing to the public. It was confusing to other health professionals, and we worked very hard over the years. And coming to agreement with all schools of pharmacy that there needs to be just one entry-level degree, the doctor of pharmacy degree, based on six years of college study. So I think we're very fortunate as a profession to be in that situation now. And what of the postgraduate training and residency and fellowship programs? Well, yes, talking about residencies especially, that's an issue very close to my work here at ASHP because our society is the accrediting body for postgraduate residency training programs, programs where a pharmacist can spend an additional year or two after graduation specializing in perhaps clinical therapeutics broadly or in a special area of therapeutics such as oncology. Our members are increasingly saying to us that their vision of the future is that they will hire for practice in hospitals only pharmacists who have had residency training. So I think that's a very positive step. And with respect to fellowships, many pharmacists are in academic medical centers where they're heavily involved in research. So research fellowships are an important part of their training as well. So while the idea of residencies and fellowships in pharmacy is something that's currently optional to us, it's something that employers are increasingly demanding and dictating the terms of. Yes, that's correct. It's not unusual at all. If you look at employment advertisements or announcements for pharmacy practice in hospitals to see that a residency is required. How has technology in pharmacy changed in the time since you've been in practice and also with ASHP? Another important question. One of the struggles we have had in hospital pharmacy, and of course we're not there yet completely, one of the struggles is just finding ways to give pharmacists more time for clinical activities taking them increasingly out of the order fulfillment process so that they can concentrate on drug therapy management responsibilities. And certainly information technology as well as uh, using pharmacy technicians are two key parts of that. Right now, we have many uh, pharmacists in hospitals spending an awful lot of time in implementing information technology systems. The systems are not yet as mature and highly developed as they need to be So it seems that when a hospital makes a commitment, perhaps for a patient safety reason, to institute a new computer system dealing with the medication use process, a tremendous amount of time is still required by pharmacists, nurses, and others getting things up and running smoothly. So that's a bit of a barrier we have, but I think we're working on it, and we're looking forward to the day when the information technology available for use in hospitals is more of a turnkey nature than it is today. 
But all of these issues just weren't even on the radar screen when I first went into pharmacy uh, in the late 1960s, where everything was pretty much done manually. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Focus on Pharmacy on ReachMD Radio, XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Turk. Our guest is William Zelmer, MPH, writer-in-residence at the American Society of Health System Pharmacists. We're discussing the evolution of pharmacy practice over the last several decades, and I'd like to go back to some of those different aspects of the evolution of pharmacy. One of them is you talked a little bit before about how physicians are some of the leading advocates for getting pharmacists involved in floor and uh, rounding activities. But how else have you seen the demand for pharmacy services grow? Well, if you look at our profession very broadly in all sectors of practice, there has been immense growth of the chain drugstore industry in recent years, and that has put pressure on the supply-demand equation for pharmacists. There still is a shortage in most parts of the country, and I think that shortage is explained by two factors largely. One is the expansion of the chain drugstore industry, and the other would be not so much hospital expansion per se, but expanded roles for pharmacists in hospitals and other clinical care settings. Bearing in mind that pharmacists who work in a variety of practice settings listen to the program, but how do you think the public perceives pharmacy and pharmacists, both positively and negatively? I think that public perception of pharmacy is one of the largest issues that we face in our profession. We still suffer from a stereotype of the pharmacist as a medication dispenser and a person who fulfills orders either in a community pharmacy, a chain drugstore, or the hospital. And there's an immense gap in public knowledge with respect to what pharmacists are able to do. In fact, one of the things that I think organizations like ASHP try to do is to expand and enhance public expectations of the pharmacist. Because if those expectations do increase, then I think more pharmacists will step up to meet those expectations. And again, we'll have a better alignment between what patients, what the public needs in terms of an advisor, somebody to assist them with their medication use issues, and the capability of pharmacists doing that. You had mentioned a popular stereotype, and it's funny because, you know, I think in, you know, in personal practice, I do agree that that stereotype exists. And yet, if patients have questions about medications, you know, or if, you know, somebody just sort of curbsides you, a neighbor even, you know, they might ask you all sorts of detailed questions. How has the public's view of pharmacy changed over the years? Well, I'm sure it has changed. There are many pharmacists who practice in community pharmacies and in hospitals who make it a point to talk to patients, either in a professional relationship or, as you just alluded to, perhaps even a casual acquaintance or a social relationship. So it is changing. If I would have one appeal to my professional colleagues, pharmacists, I would encourage them to really step up their activities in talking with patients, talking with other health professionals, because there still just are too many people who are not aware of how pharmacists are prepared, how they're educated, and how pharmacists can help people make the best use of medicines. There's still a big gap in public knowledge in that area. And you're talking about both on and off the clock, uh, making just greater efforts overall to engage patients. Well, that's right. There's a lot that can be done on the clock, as you put it, but also we shouldn't leave our pharmacist uh, hat (laughs) at the door when we leave work. To me, it's a constant presence with us, and we should all be looking for opportunities to talk with people about uh, the important work that we're doing individually and as a group professionally. 
If you had to choose two or three contributions that you've made to the profession of pharmacy, of which you're the most proud of, what would you say they'd be and why? Well, I think that the work I did early in my career here at ASHP as editor of our journal and the opportunity I had there to write editorials that many people told me were thoughtful, helping them sort through the issues of the day. I took a a lot of pride and satisfaction in that work. Many of those editorials, by the way, have been collected in a book called The Conscience of a Pharmacist, so they, they live on, so to speak. Another thing that, from my perspective, was quite significant, I was a part of a small group of people that helped create the Pharmacy Technician Certification Board a number of years ago. And one of the keys to really expanding the role of the pharmacist more in clinical areas is to have another cadre of workers within our field who can handle the product handling functions. And this is the pharmacy technician. And for that to be done effectively, pharmacy technicians need uh, nationwide, we need to have a standardized approach to educating and preparing them and recognizing that they have the knowledge uh, that's needed to perform that role effectively. So that's where the Pharmacy Technician Certification Board comes in. And I guess the final thing I would say is some of the organizational work I've done here at ASHP through strategic planning, getting this organization to focus on just a, a few key things that it can do to help advance practice rather than trying to do too much, uh, spreading our resources too thinly, I think that has been a contribution as well. We've been talking with William Zelmer about the evolution of pharmacy practice over the last several decades. Mr. Zelmer, thank you so much for joining us. Well, you're quite welcome. It's been a pleasure to talk with you, Dr. Turk. I'm Dr. Charles Turk. You've been listening to Focus on Pharmacy on ReachMD Radio, XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD online, on demand, and on air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening.